It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Johnny Damon was laughing. He told me he left some DNA in center field last night. Hi, this is Zach Booth with Out of the Closet Sports, your weekly sports podcast where we talk about all things sports from the gay perspective. And I am so excited to have my friend Jonah Newman here. Jonah can be found on Instagram at Jonah Newman Comics. That's J-O-N-A-H-N-E-W-M-A-N Comics. And if you can't spell comics, that's on you. Uh, So Jonah is a cartoonist, an editor, and is known universally but mostly in my head as the best butt in the Big Apple Softball League. <laughs> Hello, Jonah. Hello, Zach. Thank you for that extremely flattering introduction. You're very welcome. Now, did you know that you were known as the best butt in Basel? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, it's my greatest asset. Okay. See, I didn't know that you were aware of that. I have this memory of playing... Well, we were on the same fall ball team, I think, last fall, but... I think it was the summer before that, or maybe even the fall before that, that I remember playing with you and like clocking you in your baseball pants, if you don't mind me saying. Hey, you know, I choose those pants in part because of how they make my butt look. I I have been told when I'm at the plate that I'm distracting to the opposing pitcher, which is it's all part of a strategy, Zach. Of course it is. And like, it's not that you need to be distracting because you are also one of the best players that are out on the field oh. every Saturday. Jonah launches the ball and then he's like annoyingly consistent. Like the way you play the outfield, I find it to be like, it's so unassuming. You just seem like you're chilling, but you're literally everywhere. Like you're not one of those people that I feel like you've like sprinted across the field to leap and catch the ball. You don't have to. You just happen to be there. Oh, man. (laughs) Say more great things about me, Zach. So we were riding. Do do I have this memory right? Did you, did we ride in a car together back to, we were going to a bar. uh, It's called Bar One, Dive Dive 106. 106. Yes, Yes. it is one of the sponsors of Basel. We love Dive 106. If you are in the Manhattan area, go to Dive 106. Great drinks, great food, great great people. Great beer selection. Super gay friendly, although it's not technically a gay bar. But we got a ride back there and you were, I thought you lived nearby. I thought you were coming with us, but as it turns out, you (laughs) lived nearby or at least thought that that ride to the bar, because we play softball out on Randall's Island, which is, it might as well be Canada. Like it, it (laughs) it is far away. It's it's much closer from where I used to live and where you currently live in Upper Manhattan, yeah, um, than it is from where I live now in Brooklyn. In order to get to Randall's Island on my own, I have to do a train to another train to a bus, and that's if all the trains are running how they're supposed to run, which is never ever how it is on the weekends. Never the case here in New York. So that day, I guess you decided to take the ride because you thought it would get you close to closer to home. You wouldn't have to take the bus across the bridge which is a good choice. But I thought you were coming with us. And then you said that you were going the other way. And I thought you said something about a partner, but I don't know why in the way that you said it, or maybe I misheard you. I thought it was a female partner. So I thought that you were one of the straight people that played in the league. 
which, you know, we talked about straight people playing in Basel on an earlier episode. So we don't have to dive into that too much other than to say that there is a part of a lot of us gays, I can say gay cis men, that just really crush extra hard on the straight guys. So when I found <laughs> out that the, the Basil butt was also a straight guy, oh. I was just like, whoa, what is possibly going on? And then this year when we were chatting and you were like telling me that you, you had a husband and that you lived in Brooklyn, I was like, are there two of you? <laughs> Did I just get the entire thing wrong? But really all I got wrong was like one pronoun and you moved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's it's a complicated place out there. Um there I have a teammate who I have played with for now three seasons who I didn't know he was gay until like this season. And he's been on the team for years and years. And, you know, it's there's surprises around every corner. There in really Basel. are. <laughs> and I don't know why. Like I feel guilty when I lean into that thing about like when somebody says, uh, oh, I didn't know you were gay. And then it sort of like comes off as a compliment. And I think for those of us, especially that are like navigating the world of sport as a gay person, we're extra sensitive to those like either masculine tropes or, or however you want to describe it. But I just want to fault myself a little. I'm calling myself out here <laughs> for giving you extra hot points when I thought you were straight, even though you deserve all the hot points that you earned just by wearing those incredible baseball pants. Uh, well, thank you, Zach. And look. I know a thing or two about straight passing in a sports environment, which we will talk a lot about, but it's a survival mechanism a lot of the time. Certainly. So you're out there surviving. Well, okay. You're not just a butt. You're not just an outfielder. (laughs) You're not just somebody that can drive. Are you a lefty? Do you bat lefty? Nope. You bat righty. Okay. He's not just a, a righty that can drive the ball to all fields. You are also a cartoonist and an editor, which we talked about a little bit. I think that's fascinating. And we're going to get into some really exciting news that you have about your book coming up. Uh, and you are recently married. Congratulations. Thank you. Do you feel different engaging with the world now? Um, you know, it feels in some ways like I've, I've turned a new page. Uh, I think there's several factors behind that, not just getting married. You know, the fact that my book just went to print last week, which is super exciting. And I'm, I'm working on my next one. You know, I'm, I'm starting to think a little bit about my long-term career path and and I turned 30 as wow. well earlier this month Ancient. so I know 75 I know that that butt is just going to wrinkle and fall <laughs> off at a certain age I look forward to playing softball with you in 20 years and just watching <laughs> you drag it around the bases <laughs> <laughs> but you know the day-to-day of my life is the same like I've I've been living with my now husband since the start of 2020 okay um, you know, we've been together for five years. We got engaged in 2021. And after we did that, people asked, is it different? How does it feel? And we're like, nope, it's, we just live in the same apartment and we work the same jobs and we have the same cats and it's life, life as it is. So in some ways, post-marriage feels that way too. Okay. All right. Well, there's, there's a good, it's a good endorsement to get married, but also to just have, like, limit your expectations. It's not going to feel like you've gone through a time warp or anything. As you know, I'm engaged. We'll hopefully get married at some point. I know that planning a wedding is intense, and we're really not engaging in any of that behavior yet. But uh, at some point in the next couple of years, we will certainly get married. And um, I look forward to uh, our life continuing the way that it is, because it's pretty great. Well, Look, Jonah, I am thrilled that you are here. We have so many exciting things that we're going to dive into. We have lots to talk about. 
And we will do all of that when we come back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. So, Jonah, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the podcast, aside from the butt, (laughs) is that I was really curious. Uh, You sent me this article that we're going to talk about a little bit later. It was an article uh, uh, regarding gayness in sports and I was like wow this is so nice like somebody that I know and that I play with is responding to the podcast and is engaging with me so I reached out to you to ask you if you wanted to come on the podcast and like while we were just navigating it you sent me what felt like a gay gold mine <laughs> these tweets where it was on tweets they were x's what do we call tweets now that it's called x I I just, I refuse to call it X. Every time I see the little X on my phone, I gag a little bit. Okay. Um, Elon Musk ruins everything. Um, Truly. But yeah, I mean, let's just call them tweets. It's okay. Easier. All right. It's Fair enough. But if we, if we do come up with something, I think that we should petition to get paid for it. So let's just, let's just leave that out there. Elon, if you're listening and you want to come <laughs> on the podcast, you're more than welcome, even though you're not gay and you don't play sports. Although and- actually you do. You're a MMA fighter, allegedly. Oh. Isn't he trying to fight Mark Zuckerberg? I I don't know. Okay. I honestly, I don't follow the Elon lore as okay. closely as well, I was about to say as closely as I should, but actually I I'm proud of not following the Elon no, lore. No, you're you're better for it. And the Elon lore has taken us way off topic. So <laughs> let's let's just shift in our Teslas back into the lane <laughs> that we're supposed to be in. Describe to our audience these tweets that you sent me. So, uh this past year in June, yes. um leading up to Pride Night at City Field, the New York Mets hosted Pride Night uh on I think it was June 16th. We talk about Pride Night here on the podcast and how the Mets do a great job. They, they give do a all great kinds job. of gear. Yes. I saw do you know um John who plays in John T who plays in uh, Big Apple Softball League. Anyway, I saw him coming from the Mets Pride Night one night. The subway car pulled up. It, the door stopped right in front of this man who was donned in Mets, all gay Mets gear from like socks to short shorts to T-shirt to fanny pack, all of them gay branded Mets stuff. Oh, wow. And he had just come from that Pride Night. So they do a great job. They so do. this was right they after do. the Pride Night. You saw this tweet. It was it was leading up to the Pride okay. Night. It was before. So I had tickets to go to Mets Pride Night um, through our league, actually. They organize like a block of tickets every year, which is great. Um you know, and, and June is such an interesting month to be a baseball fan because some teams do Pride Night, other teams do not. Teams engage with it in different ways. But the Mets here in grand old New York City do a yes, fantastic job. They do. They had wonderful in-between innings, music, and activities. They had gay icons all over the ballpark. They had Ty Sunderland as the DJ. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was a party. I um, had a ticket for that night. I was supposed to go, but something came up and I had to give it away. I really wish I'd been there. Yeah, yeah. Should not be missed. Um, anyway, uh, leading up to the night, the Mets were advertising it um, on Twitter. And they posted a video from their then player, Mark Canna. He's now a free agent. Um, we wish you the best, Mark Canna. Hope you find a great home. Yeah, stay away anyway. from the Yankees. Super homophobic <laughs> up there. They do nothing for Pride Night. 
Yeah. Anyway, Mark Canna, uh, they film him in like the gym or the locker room or something. It's already film. hot. Already pandering already. to the gays. Hey, and... get in the locker room. <laughs> and it's this literally just like 20 second video of him saying, I am so excited for Pride Night. Uh, you know, it's a night that means a lot to me personally. I love the LGBTQ community. They, you know, I have a soft spot for them. I think it's a lot of fun, and I just think it's really important to support this community. And I immediately sent it to my husband, and I was like, okay, I've, I found him, the first <laughs> gay player, openly gay player in MLB. Unfortunately, not actually gay. Um, okay. Is married to a woman. Uh, Marcy, I believe her name is. Marcy. I looked it up. Marcy Canna. Good for we her. We should all be so lucky. He's just a really, really good ally, and he's been an ally of the queer community for years. Um, you know, going back to his days playing on the Oakland A's, um, you know, and, and he played college baseball at Cal Berkeley. Okay. And uh, he's just been a really outspoken uh, supporter of the community for his whole career, which is so rare in... I guess, male professional sports overall, you know, in, in MLB specifically. Sure. Um, it's crazy because there's, if you want to take a 40-man roster, multiply it by 30, there's 1,200 Major League Baseball players. Yep. There's no way. No way at all. That they're all straight. There's no way. There's just no way. But, you know, you hear all the time about the homophobia in the locker room, yeah. uh, you know, these kind of hyper-Christian, religious, conservative players who are driving the tone in a lot yeah. of these clubhouses. Uh, in 2022, I think it was, several players on the Tampa Bay Rays ripped the pride colors off of their uniforms yeah. in, in the name of like religious freedom, which is just insane to yeah. me. Um, and because of that, and that, that is why the commissioner and MLB decided that they're no longer going to have any on-field representation of pride yeah. on uniforms and they said that as we talked about it was to protect the players these poor <laughs> these innocent poor... radical religious nuts yeah these, all they want to do is control what everybody else does all they want to do is force you to live life the way that they live life why can't we just let them do that it's so dangerous for them to have to put a rainbow on their clothing so that they can show unity with a community that suffers an incredibly high rate of youth suicide and depression. But no, like, let's not endanger them. Let's not endanger them, right? Because if they put a rainbow on a little rainbow patch on the, you know, sleeve of their jersey, they're going to burn up and die. Yeah, and or something... Maybe even turn gay, God forbid. God forbid. Something tells me that they're a lot more gay than Mark Canna is. <laughs> and this is why when, when you sent me that Twitter... That Twitter, that tweet, that X. When you <laughs> sent it to me, I, my jaw hit the floor a little bit because it, it is so remarkable. And my first instinct was like, we got to talk about this guy. Oh, wait, this guy is totally gay. He's so gay. And then my next thought was, why, Zach? Why are you going to go talk about the sexuality of the one person that is daring to be inclusive in this heteronormative, like, hyper-masculine, toxic world. And I started to think, like, shame on me for wanting to do that. But then I thought, you know what? Every straight person that I know that is accepting and inclusive of their queer friends, teammates, neighbors, whatever it is, they don't mind talking about their sexuality. They're not, they're not threatened or offended by you suggesting that they might be gay or bisexual. It's not something that they think is negative or bad. 
And so I feel like Mark is the kind of person, he's so secure, he wouldn't care. Yeah. So, Mark, when you're Absolutely. ready, you want to come on the podcast, uh, you can come out, you can come <laughs> in, you can come on. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is. Yeah. And, and you know, he just continued to double down on this message. And, and you know, he, he, he moves from genuine, meaningful support to just, like, fun support. I mean... On Mets Pride Night, the game that I attended with Ty Sunderland DJing, <laughs> uh, Mark Canna chose for his walk-up songs, uh, You Need to Calm Down by Taylor Swift. Yes, we just talked about that on the last episode. I didn't know that it was a gay anthem. Yeah, wow. yeah, big time. Uh, and uh, Born This Way by Lady Gaga, which certainly I worship Lady Gaga. My husband and I both, we love her. Uh, Vogue by Madonna, yes. so honoring the elder gays. Okay. Um, Whitney Houston <laughs> and Donna Summer, I think, were the other two. He only had three plate appearances, so we didn't get to those last two, alas. Wow. But uh, all this is to say, like, he knows his... I can't say shit. Um, he knows you can, his You stuff. can say it. I'll just whistle it out. We have a great <laughs> whistle sound effect that I'm really proud of using. Yeah, well, you know, all this is to say, like, not only is he a vocal supporter of the community, like, like he, he sees us, he gets us, he, he clearly has, you know, gay people close to him, and uh, he gets our style, and that means a lot. Yeah. So, God bless Mark Canna. I just wish there were more players like that yeah. uh, in the league. We love you, Mark Canna. And you said that he, well, he played in Oakland. And he also went to school, did you say, in, in Northern California? Yeah, at, at Berkeley. And there, there is some parallel for you there as well, right? Because you, did you grow up in that area? Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in a, in a number of places across the country, but I lived uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area from age 12 to 18. Okay. Um, so uh, that is where I went to high school. Uh, that is where I started playing baseball. I started playing baseball very late in life. Uh, when I was in middle school. Um, so my baseball experience and my experience as a young gay man playing baseball and, you know, playing in that kind of a masculine environment, um, which was a completely new experience for me, um, all happened in, in one of the liberal bastions yeah. of the country. Um, and yet, you know, casual homophobia was thrown around all the time on my team. You know, I, I, I just think that when you put a bunch of guys together who are probably all insecure yeah, and, and you, you, you add these stereotypes of, you know, machismo and, and athletic achievement and greatness being tied to being very masculine, just the entire bro culture, you know, I, I, I feel like everyone gets what I mean when I say that, um, the 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 byproduct of that a lot of the time is is homophobia you know whether they know they have a gay teammate or not my teammates did not know i was in the closet to my peers until college okay um and and in large part that was because of this baseball team and because of how much i cared about uh fitting in with them you know succeeding on that team being taken seriously by my teammates uh, I knew on a deep level that that was incompatible with being out. Um, and luckily for me, I got to college, I came out, I played club baseball, you know, I didn't have any issues there. And then I started playing in our wonderful queer league, uh, Big Apple Softball. So it's great and liberating to not have the homophobic pressure and fear weighing on me anymore when I play and just being able to go out and play and 
as you say, spray the ball around and fly around the outfield. And <laughs> it's magical. It's, it's wonderful. And you, you knew, you know, you knew somewhere in your heart that that when you were playing in, in high school that you were gay or different, or I don't know, how would, how would you describe where you were mentally at that point? But you knew that it was at odds with the, what was necessary to exist on that sports team. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I knew I had crushes on other boys from yeah. probably seventh grade or something. Um, but I don't think I, I put a label on it until maybe I was 15 or 16 when okay. I came out to my family, who are wonderful and were very supportive, but wow. I didn't feel ready to come out to my teammates. So I, I was carrying that identity and that secret through four years of high school. And... um yeah, I was just terrified of how my teammates would see me differently, how my coach would see me differently, and, and how this would tear down what I had worked very hard to build up, which was, you know, some degree of skill at baseball mm -hmm. and uh, being taken seriously and, and being accepted in, in that social group. Because as I mentioned, when I came in, I was very inexperienced at baseball uh, and I had not been in that kind of bro environment before. So, it was really hard for me to find my footing and it took a lot of work and a lot of kind of failure and falling flat on my face to work up to a point where I was like, you know, a player among all the other players. Yeah. Um, so I, I just didn't want to jeopardize that. And in retrospect, it's weird that it, I, I cared so much about it because ultimately it's just a sport and we're having fun. But that was really, really important to me at the time. And, and that played a big role in why I was closeted as long as I was. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. I always feel compelled when we talk about being closeted and like playing sports in high school to just acknowledge if anyone listening, if it's helpful at all, or maybe it's hurtful. But I, I was the most outwardly homophobic member of my community. I was the one throwing that F word around at anybody who wanted to threaten me the least bit. I don't think I knew I was gay at that point in my life. I knew I was attracted to men and I was experimenting as early as like the end of middle school. But I, I certainly didn't have the emotional vocabulary or like, you know, understanding of self to claim myself as gay. But I knew that what I was doing was wrong. And then in what seemed like a completely different compartment in my mind, I was violently, aggressively, angrily using gay slurs and trying to use sexuality as the primary method of putting people down, um, which I regret, but also um, I talk about just because I think it does like shed some light to you know what what's really at stake like I don't know I, I I regret all the people that I harmed along the way I don't really know what else to say about it other than that this is part of a healing process and an understanding process of myself and for me to talk about it with other people that have been in in those places at the same time in life has been helpful to me and healing to me and I hope it's helpful to our listeners I just have one more thing to say about that uh, real quick which is that you know teenagers are very short-sighted and social approval is everything. Yeah. And, you know, even if part of us knows that what we're doing is, uh, you know, ethically wrong, hurtful to others, if it gets us some kudo points among our peers, I mean, I'll just tell one quick anecdote, which was um, when I was at a high school baseball practice, uh, a kid got hit 
on the butt with a ball, like mm-hmm. a stray ball from the batting cage or whatever, hit him on the butt. And the coach said, wow, you came all the way to San Francisco to take it in the tail. Wow. And I laughed hard. Everyone laughed hard. You know, it was it was a nice moment of team bonding. But yeah. then looking back, it's like, man, that was some disturbing shit, you know. But at the time, it was it was easier and and so much more tempting to be part of the group and to to you know, find humor in that and to participate in that level of casual homophobia. Well, there's a lot more to be said on it. We're going to continue to explore our personal connection to this stuff as we carry on through the rest of the episode. So we'll take a break and we'll come back and we're going to get to talk about your book. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, so I'm so excited to talk to you about this. You have a book called Out of Left Field, which is being published on March 26th. And so I went online, and the little quote that it said was, a nerdy gay teenager jumps headfirst into the bro world of high school baseball in this semi-autobiographical LGBTQ plus graphic novel. So exciting. So for our listeners, it's, it's published March 26th, but you can pre-order it now. And you can do that wherever you buy your books, right? Any yeah. online book retailer? Absolutely. So you can look up Jonah Newman, you can look up Out of Left Field, and you can pre-order a copy. I saw that it is available in hardcover and paperback. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, the paperback edition has fancy spot UV on the cover, which for non-publishing people means parts of it are like kind of shiny. Ooh. Um, so that's fun. And then the, the hardcover, if you want something sturdier, is also available. Well, this is great. It got me very excited because Papa Forge, who I started the podcast with and who is our regular co-host, they present a lot of opportunities to raise money to buy banned books, like children's books that have been banned and distribute them across the country. And I thought that being that this is a YA book and it is queer themed and it has sports, you're like literally the perfect person to be here. So tell me about the book. Tell me about where it came from. Uh, is is this your first book? Yes, it is. Congratulations. Thank you. So exciting. Thank and you. how long have you been working on it? It took me over five years to make. Graphic novels are an intensely time-consuming medium. Uh, I had to write the book, and then I had to draw it in pencil, and then I had to draw it again in digital ink on top of the pencil. Wow. So... It it's been a it's been a while in the making. It it really evolved over the course of my working on it. At the beginning, it was a memoir. It was nonfiction. But the more I worked on it, and with some good editorial feedback, I started to fictionalize it more and more to the point where I could no longer call it a memoir. And the reason I did that was, I felt like it made it a more compelling and tighter story, and it allowed me to better capture some of the emotions of my experience playing baseball as a young gay man in high school. You know, some of the stuff we've we've already talked about, the the tensions there um, are in this book. So in the book, uh, young Jonah gets uh, signs up for the baseball team because of a crush he has on the team. No, no better reason to sign up for anything than indeed, a crush. Indeed. Is very bad. 
okay. uh, has to work his way up to being good. And uh, meanwhile, navigates these broy guys on the team who uh, he doesn't really understand. He kind of plays along with their offensive jokes, but you know, in the end, realizes that he's an outsider and also deals with some pretty awful homophobia and has to kind of move on from craving their approval and and to lean instead into uh, a more authentic experience with genuine friends, genuine interests, and of course, accepting and embracing his gay identity. So it, it was a lot of fun to make, a lot of work to make, um, but I'm really, really excited. It's finally going to be out there. And I hope that it's helpful um, and relatable for all kinds of teenagers. I, I should also mention it's a it's a YA book, so it's aimed at teenagers. Excellent. That's and, my reading level anyway. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think that there's enough relatable stuff in there, even for people who aren't gay and who don't play baseball, because there's a certain level of teen experience that's broadly relatable, whether it's, you know, social anxiety uh, or, you know, building friendships or exploring romance and sex for the first time. So I hope everyone buys it and likes it. Oh, I hope that they do too. You know, as you were talking, I, I think often on the podcast, we talk in a negative way about sports because we're talking about how we've been excluded or the homophobia that exists. But I have to say that one of the reasons that I pursue sports now, even, is because, like, I wouldn't still be pursuing sports if there wasn't a community there, if it wasn't a place where I did feel some level of safety or I didn't see the value in it. And I remember even when I was a teenager and I was getting involved in sports in high school, whatever boundaries existed among friend groups outside of the field, they broke down often when you joined a sports league or joined a team. If I didn't relate to somebody or felt that they weren't cool or whatever my teenage ego was telling me, if I then ended up on the soccer team with them or on the tennis team with them, I often found that I would open myself up to them and create a friendship or a relationship. So I do think it is relatable to people that are not queer, to any young people that feel that they maybe don't fit in, to maybe anybody who's afraid to try to play a sport because they're not good at the sport. That's no reason not to try anything. And I think that there is this focus these days, and I'm sure even when I was younger, about being excellent at something in order to be able to do it, and that we only have space for the absolute best. And just because it's not in the classroom doesn't mean that it's not for learning. Mm -hmm. So I think sports mm -hmm. is a place where people can learn how to grow physically, they can learn a new trait, but also how to grow as people and to learn how to cross those like social barriers as, as I was talking about. So yeah, I, I'm really, really, really excited for this. I had no idea. I mean, you say it, it took so much work and so many years and all the drawing and the writing that went into it. I'm like, oh yeah, obviously. But for some reason, and because I don't have the experience, I was like, wow, that sounds like a huge amount of time. But then, you know, like if somebody asks me how long it took to make a certain film or, you know, and you talk to a playwright or a film a filmmaker, a director, or anybody that's trying to put together a project, they'll often say like, this has been 10 years that I've been trying yeah. to work on this. Yeah. And, and beyond the work itself, yeah. you know, you have to give space for something to go on a creative journey. And as I just alluded to, my story changed a lot. Yeah. 
over the course of my my working on it, you know, and and because I really wanted to capture and convey the emotional heart and the emotional truth of my experience, and it's hard to do that in in a story, you know, when 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 you've lived through your life experience, mm -hmm. things mean a lot to you, and you understand on an instinctive level why they do, but communicating that to other people and packaging it into something like a book is hard. So, uh, you know, I, I think that the best art probably always takes a long time to make. We'll see if I did a good job when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that you did a good job. So Out of Left Field is the name of the novel. Out of Left Field, yep. It's it's published by Andrews McMeal. Wonderful. Andrews McMeal, we love you. Thank you for supporting the queer young adult sector, the queer young adult sports sector of books. I'm sure there's not, I would imagine there's like not a ton of books that are about young gay people in sports that are out there in the world right now. Yeah, I think that that's true. I mean, YA literature is very queer now. Oh, I great. I mean, so much queerness. Like, all all shades of queer identities are now in, in, in YA books and, and represented among YA authors, which is great. I mean, yeah. there's always further to go to kind of balance that out from many decades of not being represented. But that is definitely a positive improvement. But when it comes specifically to, you know, sports, queer, graphic novels, there's not a lot. And I think I think one reason is because cartoonists don't tend to be interested in sports. Like, I am one of only a few comics people that I know who like sports at all, sure. let alone let alone baseball. So I'm, I'm coming at it from maybe an unusual perspective. And... Uh, I, I, you know, I hope it, it fills a niche that needs to be filled. It's doubly unusual. You know, gay people that love sports and cartoonists that love sports. I think it's great that you're occupying those spaces and getting your story out there. I think that if you live somewhere where there is a queer bookstore, call up that queer bookstore, ask them if they can pre-order the novel for you. Yes. Maybe they have a platform that they can use and you can drive your business towards them. That's a great way to sort of give back to our community. Yeah, I, I highly, highly recommend buying the book from your local independent bookstore, especially if it's a queer bookstore and not just ordering it from Amazon. Look, I'll take the sales on Amazon, <laughs> but if, if you've got, you know, two or three extra bucks to pay full cover price at your local bookstore, you are supporting the economy. You're supporting me as an author. Uh, you're supporting all the wonderful people who make the books happen in the world so that is my my strong recommendation all right out of left field by jonah newman march 26th but pre-order it now get get those pre-orders in and you'll have it in the spring you'll get that get that soft cover with the shiny detail what's it called spot uv get the spot uv but also get the hard cover you know just so that you can have it in your in your library if you're one of those people that has a library and likes to sip scotch you can just show it off to your friends and say, oh muffy and buffy look over here i've out of left field it's about this nerdy gay teenager who jumps headfirst into the bro world of high school baseball <laughs> maybe not anyway i'm I was so gonna excited. try to do a british accent to respond to that but i'm too nervous to do it on the podcast no no you're you're a very serious person you let me be an idiot <laughs> all right we'll be right back families have a lot going on let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. 
Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Well, it's the time in the podcast where you and I are going to talk about the story that brought us together. This is the story that you sent me that seems like it is somehow tailor-made for our podcast, Out of the Closet Sports, but it also seems like it's tailor-made for the Jonah Newman episode of Out of the Closet Sports based on everything that we've talked about. Yeah, I mean, by the end of this conversation, I'm going to reveal that actually these guys are plants (laughs) and... I put them there as a plot for my next book. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say that they were plants and you put them there because you were so desperate to get <laughs> on the podcast. Because I will say that Jonah did open up before we got into our recording chairs. And he told me that he is a fan of Out of the Closet Sports. I am. I am. I can say, you know, longtime listener, first time caller. Thank you. I appreciate that. And um, so for those of you that are sitting out there <laughs> dreaming of the day that you get to appear on Out of the Closet Sports, that day is coming. It could happen. Send us a DM, pitch us a story idea. So any of the people we've talked about in the other episodes, Billie Jean King, Megan Rapinoe, Taylor Swift, if any of you are out there listening and you're thinking, gosh, they talked about me. I really want to be on the show. You can do it. Let Jonah be your guide. (laughs) We're just a DM away. And really, that brings us to a relationship that started in the DMs, didn't it? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. So Um, we've got Cole Philpott and Aiden Phipps. And yes, I am reading those names. But these are two, they're two college baseball players, right? Division three college Correct. baseball. Yes. And I came across this story. Uh, so first of all, it's it's on Outsports. Yes. We love Outsports. It's where we get a lot of our content. So we really yes. appreciate them. God bless Outsports. Outsports, if you want to do a feature about my book, I'm available. Outsports, let's do a feature about the book. We'll feature the feature on the pod. And hey, if you want to sponsor the pod, Outsports, we'd love to have you. You're already doing a lot of our heavy lifting. So <laughs> so I came across, actually, someone in our league had posted this story oh. in the Basel uh, Facebook group. Which I'm not a part of. I got to get to that immediately. Get on it. Get I on gotta it. be careful. I did say some like mildly judgmental things about people in Basel in earlier episodes. So I'm not sure that it's a Ooh. safe place for me, but Ooh. I'll try. Well, it's a great look. Big Apple Softball League, out sports, out of the closet sports. Th- these are the wells of queer information that we need, that America needs. I'm down the well. <laughs> um, so this story, yes. uh, these two Division three college players uh, played against each other. And um, the story doesn't say this, but it seems like they sort of made eyes, felt a, maybe a little bit of a spark. Yeah. And... Um, Cole but, reached out to Aiden on Instagram. Right. They got to talking. Right. And eventually they both admitted that they're into other guys. Cole um, describes himself as gay leaning. Yes. Aiden is bisexual. That's right. And but had they, not told anyone. But had not told anyone. Right. And um, so it was a leap, really, a leap of faith for either of them to message the other and to reveal this information. Um, anyway, I 
I feel like you want to add some color to this story. Well, the way that it, I do, you can probably, it looks like I'm probably drooling over here. <laughs> the way that this played out in the article, I thought it was, it was sort of like erotic fan fiction. I mean, they, I think that, I want to say that Aiden was, is the pitcher. I think Aiden was pitching and that Cole, I might be getting this wrong, and that Cole uh, didn't actually play in the game that Aiden pitched. Right. And Cole, but then the article says, but Cole was so impressed by what he'd seen the day before. I think Cole Do you did. Do he noticed the way Aiden looked in his baseball pants? I'm, I'm sure that Cole, like me, was just staring at those baseball pants, just <laughs> wondering, wondering what else he had packed inside of them. Ooh. Yeah. It's, it really did read and, and it was so enticing and intriguing and then I can just put myself, I can imagine being that age and seeing somebody out there pitching. But then what I'm curious about is like the bravery that it took for him to reach out. And did, was it because he saw something familiar? You know, I think we can see each other. People call it gaydar. I think that's like a little problematic because it often gets into this like you look gay. I don't know that I believe in looking gay. But I do believe that there is something that we can see in each other sometimes mm -hmm. that will encourage us to reach out or to feel comfortable. I mean, it's how we found each other. I, the people that I was having experiences with when I was in middle school and going into high school, there were no like overt conversations that started those interactions. It was all based on looks and just pushing against boundaries. Yeah. So I see that this conversation between them on Instagram in the DMs probably was really slow and really methodical and actually was not just a pursuit of a romantic relationship, was probably just a chasing of some unknown simpatico that he was feeling. Yeah, that that's certainly how, how it sounds. Um, and, you know, when, when I was in high school, I had a secret boyfriend. Really? Senior year. Yes, it's wow. in the book. It's in oh, the book. okay, okay. And we were in French class together and we got into like a you know, a Facebook messenger back and forth. And we would, you know, we would do things that I think at the time we thought were so subtle, but clearly are not subtle. You know, we would ask like, have you seen Brokeback Mountain? Yeah. Um, man, I, I, I cringed to even think about it. But, you know, we, we saw something. We saw that something about each other. And we thought, you know, let's, let's feel this out. And uh can't remember who was the first one to actually like officially say I'm gay or say, you know, I'm interested in you or whatever. But yeah, it's it starts with an energy. For and then sure. how long did it take until you got to the place where you were looking at each other and saying, I can't quit you? <laughs> was that was that uh, a few months down the line? Uh, I mean, you know, it, it felt like a lifetime, the relationship, but really it was like a six month. Not to take away from Cole and Aiden too much, but there was a production <laughs> of a play version of Brokeback Mountain that I saw in the West End in London. It was really good. It was Lucas Hedges and Mike Faced. And uh, I, I anyway, there's so much to say about it, but hopefully it'll come here. Was there Instagram when you were in high school? You know, there may have been, but I was not on it. So when I was in high school, um, we had to go uphill both ways to get there. And it was a stone... <laughs> It was a well, so that's we were down the well. No, um, it just it was a different time. We didn't have cell phones, and so one thing that struck me about this was 
that there is this new level of anonymity that people have when they can interact with each other online. We could only interact IRL, so to speak, uh, which for people older than me is in real life. We could talk on the phone, but when you called somebody on the phone, you risked getting their parents or their sibling or somebody other than them and having to explain why you were calling. So, you know, Cole uh, couldn't just out of the blue call some stranger's house. And, you know, it, it put both of them at risk. And when you're in the closet and you're having these urges, you think that everybody is going to figure out what's going on with you really quickly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. most people are really just fig- trying to figure out, like, what they're going to have for dinner. <laughs> but we always think that let's like, oh, my gosh, they totally know that I'm gay because, you know, whatever, I wore pink socks. I mean, you know, well, maybe look, that I is mean, telling. It, in in my case, asking, have you seen Brokeback Mountain? Like, I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think in general, you're right. And teenagers are so self-absorbed and are convinced that everyone's looking at them all the time. And yeah. that's not true because everyone's just looking at themselves. Yeah. And then so. these two paired up and were able to establish a little community. and And then... I think it was not long after that Aiden texted his mom. I think it said on the article that he was on the bus, I'm assuming from a game, and he texted his mom that he was by and that she was really supportive, which he's very lucky because we know there are a lot of parents that aren't. Yeah. Um, just to plug for the Ali Forney Center here in New York, I was just at this incredible fundraiser the other night. Um, it's this, I put a spell on you that uh, this really cool actor, J. Armstrong Johnson, puts on every year where they sort of dress up as those characters and put on this whole incredible Broadway night to raise money. But the Ali Forney Center is for people in the queer community that get kicked out of their homes or have problems in their primary residences because of their queer identity, and it gives them a place to stay. So, you know, uh, just a plug for the Ali Forney Center and how, and and I guess for, for Aiden's family and also for Cole's family, because in the article it said that Cole's family was supportive and also that Cole's teammates were yeah, supportive. And which, that... Yeah. That is the that is the wild thing. And this is what this is really the real reason I, I shared the story. It it wasn't for, you know, dirty dreams about no. these two boys. Certainly no, no, no. Not. Certainly Shame not. on me for even thinking it. <laughs> no, the real reason is it's actually such a heartwarming story. Yeah. And it speaks to the goodness and the progress that's out there. And you know, in the midst of still horrific homophobia and transphobia. And, you know, books getting banned that have queer characters in them and, you know, feeling some of the time that the LGBTQ community is under siege, there are still moments of goodness out there. And there are uh, people who are accepted by their peers and by their parents. and, And there's really sweet romances. And so this story was a good reminder of that. And, you know, it it also made me jealous in a weird Mm -hmm. way, because it's like, okay, well, partially because they play college baseball. I was never good enough to play in college. Um, But also because, you know, the idea of like coming out on the baseball field, playing competitive baseball, coming out, being out to my teammates, and then like dating another baseball player is so wild. And I I just like, I couldn't have imagined that in high school myself. So it's just cool to see that it happens, even if it's, you know, even if it's not happening in the major leagues, as we've discussed with our hero, Mark Canna, yeah. um, 
it is happening in college, and I, I expect it's happening at a bunch of other levels of baseball as well. And it's happening, and they're talking about it, which is huge, right? We always yeah. talk about visibility, visibility, visibility. Visibility is huge. The fact that they've made themselves visible, it, they are sacrificing. They are taking a risk by putting their story out there, and I think it's incredible. Uh, did, did your husband play any sports? <laughs> okay, that's a no. Uh yeah, sorry. Sorry to laugh. Um, I think he would laugh if he were asked that question. Sure. Um, no, no, he doesn't even know how to ride a bike. Okay, so. well, that's something that hopefully you all can work on. Did he, <laughs> so you didn't meet playing sports. Have you ever dated a teammate or a competitor? I never have. I never have. And uh, man, I would have liked to. Yeah. There were certain certain guys I played with that I thought a lot about, a lot about. But uh, no, I never did. You know, the, the people I've dated have, have tended to be very unathletic and very not into sports, which I kind of like, honestly. I mean, I, one of the things I value most about my relationship is um, we have very different interests and we have separate lives in addition to our life together. You know, I, I try to drag my husband, Adam, to my Big Apple softball games. Um, I only make him come to one game a year. And every time he comes, he sits and reads a book the whole time. Okay. So it's, it's, it's nice to have him there, but it's clearly not his thing. And, and that's fine. You know, uh, he takes Japanese classes and I am not taking Japanese classes, but I love that he has this thing and we can talk about our separate things and, and support each other. And um, so, but yeah, my, my sports experience has been very much a solo isolated thing in a lot of ways at least from a gay standpoint i mean even in club baseball in college where i was out there were no other gay players on the team um you know not that i had a bad time at all i had a great time on that team and i i loved my teammates but i've been kind of a solo you know gay athlete at least until big apple and that's part of why big apple is so wonderful because suddenly i'm on the field with tons and tons of other queer people yeah it is wonderful. I love it. Uh, my fiance does come to games. He's come to a handful of them. And he enjoys them. He participates. He played a lot of sports when he was younger. He's not into sports now. Really cringes at watching sports. But it was strange. He, he was a really good baseball player. I was not. I got scared pretty early on playing baseball at the like intensity of the ball coming at you I got hit in the stomach also like in the early days of baseball you have these kids that do not know how to control their bodies and all of a sudden they're pitching so I just was not into it and I didn't start playing again until uh, I think it was 2019 when I joined Basel and it was a good learning curve like I was terrible when I started and now I don't know if you heard but I won the MVP this year for the Cyclones just throwing that in there and uh, anyway, Jacob would come and he would watch me play. And I think it wasn't until like the second or third season where like one day, not long after the game, we were taking a shower and it wasn't like as sexy as it sounds. We were just like, sometimes we just like to hang out and chat in the shower. And he just started talking to me about softball and how I throw the ball. And then all of a sudden I realized that he was telling me that I don't throw the ball properly and he started like giving me notes and then showed me how to throw the ball which you know lucky for him that I'm such an evolved human being that I was able to hear that Uh uh, because the next time I got out on the field I was much better at throwing the ball 
There you go. Yeah. So it was nice to have that sporting conversation in our relationship. I am really excited for Cole and Aiden and for what comes for them and all the sporting conversations they'll have in their relationship. It is, a, I find this to be a little bit of a cliche, but they, it does say uh, in the article that they plan to eventually head to San Francisco and play baseball and live together. And I think it's wow. something about internships. But look, these are great cities that uh, have safe spaces for queer people. And that's why we move there. And I hope that that works out for them. I hope that they continue on in this success story. I hope that there's more to be written and to be spoken about them. I want to applaud their bravery for getting their story out there. I want to thank you for sharing it with me. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast, game time. Woo. Yeah, it is. It is a woo, Jonah. It is a big woo. <laughs> So this week, special for you, I thought we would play the Queensy Scale MLB Edition. Wow. Yeah, so as a huge super fan of Out of the Closet Sports, you already know the rules because you heard the Queensy Scale that we did a couple of weeks ago with some NFL players. It was wild. But I will explain them again for your benefit, the rules, and for the benefit of our audience at home. So the way Queensy scale works is we are using the Kinsey scale, which, of course, is the spectrum that measures sexuality because sexuality is a spectrum. It goes from one to six. Six is gay, 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 gay. One is butch, super straight. And then we've got all these numbers in between. You said butch. It makes it sound a little gay. It does sound a little gay, but isn't everyone just a little gay? Even the ones are thinking I mean, about it every once in a while. That's why the scale exists, because everyone's a little gay. Everyone is a little gay. I dare you to find me a one out in the wild. I'll turn him into a two in no time. <laughs> every gay man's dream. All right, so here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do you understand the rules? I do. Up first, I'm, I'm going to go right for your heart, because I oh, know no. that you are a Mets fan, Pete Alonzo. Oh, well... Well, are you a Mets fan? You went to Pride Night. I did. I did. My but husband is a Mets fan. Oh, I'm going to go right to your Giants husband's fan. heart. Yeah. Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo. See, the thing with Pete Alonzo is his nickname's The Polar Bear. That oh, is so gay. That is so gay. And he plays for the Mets, which, as previously discussed, have just a banger of a Pride Night. They certainly do. So I don't feel like I can give him a six, given... There are, I mean, there are so many other players to rank, but there I'm going to give Pete Alonzo a five. So the polar bear who plays for the Metropolitans is a five. All right, I'm putting that down. Pete Alonzo, you're going in the book as a five. All right, next up, two-way superstar Shohai Otani. Oh, wow. All right, well, first of all, I have to say that I, I worship Shohei Otani. I yes. mean, so does everyone, but uh, yeah carried my fantasy team this past season and he's incredible just want to thank him for his service i want really. to thank him for um, his legs yeah oh man i mean he's very the word i'm looking for he's he's kind of withdrawn you know he doesn't talk to the press very much but Closeted. 
oh, well, I mean, <laughs> maybe he doesn't want to out himself, you know, but, but he's got a rock and bod. He does. Uh, very clean cut. Oh. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think I've got to give Shohei Otani a four a because four. I've also, and, and he's like, you know, he's like a, a baseball monk, like baseball's all he does, right? All yeah. the time, which means a bit like the Jedi. Sure. No room for relationships oh, or so sex. You, you think you think he even pleasures himself? I, I think that if he does, it's related to being better at baseball somehow. You heard it here first. Shohei Otani masturbates to get better at baseball. That's incredible. <laughs> I see, I want to push him a little bit further up the scale just because he's a two way player, right? Wow. So I mean it, but I guess maybe bisexuality would be in the middle. So if he goes both ways, he should be in the middle. So I'm good with a four. Yeah, I, I think four is, is the correct spot for him. But to me, that just jumped off the page. I was like, oh, he pitches and he catches? I know. He's very, very verse. Sounds like my kind of baseball player. <laughs> All right, up next, Julio Rodriguez. Oh, Julio Rodriguez. Well, first of all, Julio Rodriguez is, is, is just chiseled, hot, you yeah. know, young, athletic, you know, I don't know if you saw him in the home run derby a couple of years ago, but he just went and he kept going and going and going. And, go- and that's all we ever want. <laughs> we just want them to just keep going and going. And we're talking about the home run derby, right? Yes, we are. Okay, we thank are. you. Did uh, I misspeak? No, no. I just got confused for a second and thought we were talking about something else. <laughs> all right. So where do we think? So Julio, where do we think he fits in? See, my, my quandary now is I feel like all these players are gay okay <laughs> sure sure i can't but i i i you know but is he so hot that he like has to be straight is that part of the reason we think he's so hot is because it is that elusive straight person oh my god we're getting back into our internalized like homophobia again no but we have to unpack it if not here where yeah yeah i, I i'm gonna i'm gonna put him at a three okay oh, because wow, three. you know he doesn't play for the mets uh and he's not a he's not a two-way player but there's definitely an element of Who does he play for? The Seattle Mariners. Well, you know, what happens out at sea stays <laughs> at sea. You never know what those Mariners are doing. You know, they go out on those those whale hunting expeditions oh. for weeks at a time. Man, did, did you read Moby Dick in high school too and feel a little aroused? I didn't need to read it. I just looked at the title and I got Ooh. excited. Hello. Well, read the, the sperm squeezing scene when you have a chance because, my God... I, I don't know how they got away with that in the 19th century. That's the most homoerotic scene I've ever read in any book. Well, Julio Rodriguez, if you want to come on the podcast and read us the sperm squeezing scene from Moby Dick, we'd appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Up next, how about Brandon Marsh? Oh, Brandon Marsh. Well, Brandon Marsh in the news because the Phillies uh, were just in the NLCS. Um, they were. They Past were. tense. Sorry, Phillies fans. There was a um, great uh, there was a great TikTok that my friend sent me that was this guy standing outside of the stadium with a microphone and all the Phillies fans. Did you see it? Them just like coming up and just he wasn't even asking them questions. They were just like going in the microphone like sell the whole team. I'm going to go <laughs> lay down in traffic. These people are terrible. A hundred million dollars for nothing. I mean, I'm doing a New York accent, but Philly accent is sort of hard. You got to get like I can't do it. It's like Delaware. Anyway, I mean, that's, episode. that's you know what that is? That's a spoiled fan base right there. Because they were in the World Series last year. They have they have one of the most talented baseball teams I've ever seen. They yeah. have a huge payroll. I mean, come on, Phillies fans. Yeah. Um, yeah, Brandon Marsh, his hair and beard are vile. That's mm. the one thing about him. Okay. And if you've ever seen a picture of Brandon Marsh pre-hair and beard, 
he's really cute. That's, really cute. So to me, that's screaming straight. Yeah, yeah. You know? Anyone who has natural good looks, right? Great body, athlete, like makes millions of dollars, and then chooses to debase themselves by growing such a monstrosity on their head and face. He's a one. All right, we're putting him down for a one. Okay, up next, number two, Derek Jeter. Oh. That was pretty good, right? That was good. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Did you go to a lot of Yankees games or something? A lot Zach? of Yankees games. <laughs> uh, well, Derek Jeter, notorious womanizer, right? Yeah. Like famous, famous womanizer. For the famous for the goodie bags. Oh yeah, right? I mean, the I, women I, would come over and he would like hand them like a Louis Vuitton purse, like filled with yeah, perfume. I, and... I I heard a, a story from like a friend of a friend's sister's friend or some crazy connection, but this this young woman who was like out to dinner with her friend and they you know she looks over and is like oh is that is that Derek Jeter and after a few minutes a guy comes over and is like Mr. Jeter would like to spend the rest of the night with you she goes over to his table they have dinner they go back to the hotel things happen and the next morning she wakes up he's gone but he's left her a fruit basket and a note that says i had a great time xoxo derek there's a car outside that will take you wherever you want to go XOXO Derek, do we think he watches Gossip Girl? See, just for that, I got to put him at a two because clearly loves women. But I don't know. His style is just a bit queer. Like there's an element of drama there that is, yeah. that is a little queer. Number two is number two. Perfect. All right. We love that. And so now I'm really going to go for your heart. What about Buster Posey? Oh, Buster. In the realm of retired players. Uh, man, I have, I have nothing but good things to say about Buster Posey. Um, I also want to say that uh, former Big Apple commissioner, Jimmy Dillon, yes. uh, introduced himself to me by saying that he has a huge crush on Buster Posey. Like, found out I'm a Giants fan and was like, Buster Posey, I want to have his kids. Okay, Buster, if you're in the market for a husband to raise your kids, um, we've got we've got the guy. If you want to come on the podcast, we could introduce you here. It could be really great content. Hundred percent, Buster. Please come on the podcast. Well, look, I I'm kind of out of numbers. You certainly are, which is, is what makes <laughs> me really happy. I've I've cornered myself. You've into backed saying... yourself into the corner that you want to be in, that you've always wanted to be in. <laughs> I just planned like, it oh, all with this. I found myself in this corner, and here's this big scary baseball player. What am I gonna do? <laughs> I guess I'll give him a six. Oh, we've got to. It's the only number left. Buster Posey is now gay. You heard it here first. Yes, because of the rules of the Queensy scale game, Buster Posey has been deemed gay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there we have it. So our one is Brandon Marsh. Our two is number two, Derek Jeta. Our three is Julio Rodriguez. Four, Shohei Otani. Five, Pete Alonzo giving gay for the Metropolitans. Oh, yeah. That polar bear. Shrinkage and all. And then for six, Buster Posey. Legend, icon. All right, Jonah, I think if I look at the scores, you won. Congratulations, Thanks for playing this Queensy scale. Hey, thank you for having me. This was a blast. That's all the time we have for Out of the Closet Sports. I want to thank Jonah Newman at Jonah Newman Comics on Instagram. And that's J-O-N-A-H-N-E-W-M-A-N Comics on Instagram. Don't forget, he's got the book Out of Left Field, which is being published March 26th, but you can pre-order it now 
uh, anywhere that you get your books. We encourage you go to a queer bookstore. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Jonah. Thank you, Zach. This was a lot of fun. This has been a lot of fun, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.